President Cyril Ramaphosa this week signed into law the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Amendment Bill, which extends coverage for occupational injuries and diseases to previously excluded vulnerable workers and improves compensation benefits to these employees. The bill affects a range of amendments to the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Act, which governs compensation for disablement caused by occupational injuries or diseases sustained or contracted by employees or for death resulting from injuries or diseases. The Act also now covers other occupations, such as domestic workers employed in private households who were previously excluded. For more now on this, we're joined on the line by Matthew Parks, who is COSATA's Parliamentary Coordinator. Matthew, it's a very good morning to you and, and, and thank you for your time with us this morning. Quite a significant piece of uh, legislation here. What impact uh, are you expecting that this will have for workers who were previously not covered? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, look, I mean, as COSATA, we're quite excited about it. This is uh, quite a huge um impact a positive bill it's going to have really a, a significant you know positive impact for many workers so the biggest one um the largest catchment is basically domestic workers we have yeah. about 900,000 domestic workers in the country um who were previously incorrectly unconstitutionally excluded so they will now be covered if they're injured at the workplace they you know for example a domestic worker tripped while she was working and she got injured she can now claim from the compensation fund um, the other kind of expansions too to co- to ensure there is full coverage of workers because often say for example you're a mine worker um, you've been working under the mines for years mm. you don't notice you have you know um, got some sort of occupational disease that only becomes apparent you know two or three years later after you've left the workplace you can now claim for uh, for compensation for that um, it also covers PTSD post traumatic stress mm. uh, <clears throat> disorder. And that is also critical for many workers who are exposed to horrific levels of violence. So police officers, uh, defense force personnel, security guards, uh, so forth. Also, it covers, uh, it'll benefit women who often expose really significant levels of gender-based violence at the workplace across the economy. Mm. So it's been as part of modernization of of the conversation fund. Another critical thing is that often workers don't submit the claims quickly enough. Often workers are recovering, they're in hospital, and so forth, or they take time to find all the documentation required from the from the medical doctors and so forth. So the amount of time to submit your claims has been increased from one year to three years. And that, it might sound like a lot of time, but I can tell you many times I've had workers calling us about some sort of delay or difficulty in making a claim and what can be done. And then often you just simply find out, well, it's too late because they're mm-hmm. taking too long. Mm-hmm. So that's going to help them. Um, also, there's some other kind of modernization elements to it. So if employers um, are in good compliance and compliance with the COIDA Act, they'll be incentivized. If um, if they're found wanting, there'll be stiffer penalties. And there are also additional provisions to empower labor inspectors to issue compliance orders too. So they do the labor inspections for whatever issue under the labor laws and they mm-hmm. see there's non-compliance, they can issue immediate instructions which the employer has to obey or face the risk of, of severe uh, penalties mm-hmm. and so forth. So. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Um, I think the challenge is to make sure workers are aware of the new rights and how to exercise them, uh, to make sure employers are also aware of the new responsibilities and how to comply, 
And, you know, if you don't do that, it just makes nice English words on, the, on a piece of paper. Yeah, exactly. I, I was going to, to that uh, exact point next about how do we uh, make sure that uh, affected employees, of course, are aware of their rights. And um, how, how uh, easier, if you will, is it becoming to suppose, regulate what is becoming or to, to regulate what happens in households, which are workplaces for, for people um, working as, as domestic workers, right? Often, and I think the, the particular treatment of, of domestic workers as, as, as uh, you know, dispensable workers. Uh, somebody wakes up one morning and says, actually, I, I, I no longer want you working here. A lot of people are not, are not uh, registered or, or, or not recognized, in fact, as doing this work. Um, are, are we, in fact, seeing a change in that? And might, of course, pieces of legislation of this nature start making, um, uh, you know, the, the working life of, of people such as domestic workers better? It's a difficult one. Um, domestic workers, not just in South Africa, but across the world, are the most difficult sector to unionize, to organize, and yeah. to ensure their rights are respected. Because there you're dealing with one employee and one employer. You're isolated, you're behind a big wall, there might be a dog, etc. Et it's private property, yeah. um, and so forth. So as compared to maybe a large public hospital, or, or large school, or factory, or whatever, you know. Um, we do have unions which organize domestic workers, but the penetration is quite small for those same reasons. <clears throat> um, but that's fine. You still have to have the laws in place because the laws apply no matter how difficult it might be to implement it. Mm. All laws have, have difficulties with implementation. Um, you know, we've long had laws against uh, murder, rape, violence, theft. It still happens. doesn't mean you don't do it. Um, you have to try to change the culture and also set a message to those who, who want to misbehave. But as a challenge, I mean, so it's a challenge for unions to go and see how can they help recruit those workers? How can they conscientize them? There are some unions who do a lot of work. Costata does a lot of work. We have uh, support programs we give to the domestic workers union um, to use our offices, to reach out, to have education programs. <clears throat> it's also a need for employers to also make sure they also comply. And the most critical thing is just simply for them to register the domestic workers for the compensation fund and mm. for the unemployment insurance fund. Um, in most instances, I think... More than three quarters won't be registered. It's it's very, very high. But nonetheless, at times there is progress. I was really quite surprised during 2020 when we released uh, money from the UIF to help workers who had lost wages, mm -hmm. uh, which was many, many workers in the private sector. I was amazed at about, I think, about 20,000 domestic workers actually were able to claim. I thought it would be less than that. Sure. There's still a drop in the ocean if you have 900,000 domestic workers, but I thought... It could have been zero, you know, mm, just given the mm. levels. But it's, it's, a, it's a huge challenge. Um, but you need to have it because you, you would recall, I think last year, a domestic worker, if I'm right, I don't remember all the details, was either murdered or severely injured by pit bulls at yes, their workplace. Yes. Um, and I think it might have been more than one. I think it might have been even a gardener too, if I'm right, in a couple of instances. So those are workplace injuries. Yes, it was a criminal offense, definitely. Uh, but also... The person was entitled to compensation from the compensation fund, so mm. you need to to address this issue. So, other workers, message just in the interest of time, affected as well. I mean, taxi drivers um, as well. How how difficult or easy might it be for that sector as well to to uh, to bring in taxi drivers as well to to make sure that they are aware of these uh, of of this legislation of of what they are entitled to. Yeah, so they would now be covered, and um, they're also covered by this. Uh, if the accident occurs during the course of the work, um, <clears throat> but then this bill speaks to them as well. But if the accident occurs just like 
like um, another worker on the way to work, mm. for example. I know the taxi is a bit of a blurry industry because of the nature of the job. They would be covered under the road accident fund. But again, it's the same principle. Um, taxi industry is very informalized. So you find most of those drivers and uh, well, kept we call them gotchas. I don't really call them a cartoon, but anyway, the, the taxi industry workers. Yes, um, yeah. I think it would be a taxi marshal <laughs> in in, in I think that that would be the equivalent of a gotcha. But I don't think it's quite the same though. We'll ask our listeners. But yes, we, we digress. Go, go on, Matthew. <laughs> um, I think it might be a Cape Town phenomenon where the guy s- sits outside the passenger window and calls for passengers. Correct, but, yes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, no, look, I mean, I think that the conditions they face really are quite bad. They work definitely far above, you know, the 40, 48 hour plus 10 hour overtime a week. Often they're not paid the minimum wage. Mm. Um, really, it's, they don't give them time off, pay time off, etc. Um, things like you know maternity, if, if they're women, or parental leave with the men if, when the kids are born, etc. Most of those are not happening. We've raised with the taxi industry owners associations at the time, Santaco, and so forth. It first has been a huge problem because it's a very large workplace. There's about a quarter of a million people work in the sector, sure. mm-hmm. and really they're often severely exploited and abused. And that's why often why you find them rushing to drive and, and breaking all sorts of traffic laws yes. and putting everybody else in danger because they've got to achieve a certain commission a day to give the owner the taxi and then after that they start getting their, their small wages. So we had hoped in 2020 when Fikile was Minister of Transport, we had raised at that time that when they gave the relief to the taxi industry, albeit very small relief, about 5,000 per vehicle, to make a condition sure. that the taxi industry now formalizes. And so it's a conversation we have to have because you can't be treating people like basically glorified slaves this this far into democracy Uh, yeah absolutely i'm afraid matthew we're out of time i think there's certainly a lot more to this as well many many workers of course um who who do need to be uh, who do need to be covered and also conversation about uh, the your your role then as um as federations in in getting a lot more of those workers covered Uh, but perhaps we'll pick that up on another day thank you for your time because parliamentary coordinator matthew parks on the line